As I am getting dressed this morning, I have on NPR. Anybody else have on NPR this morning, last few weeks? Oh, good. Because as I'm getting dressed this morning and listening to NPR, I hear, we have only $1,900 left in our pledge for this hour. Help us meet that goal. And I thought, oh, great. It's our pledge season, and it's NPR's pledge season. All people are going to hear about is make a pledge. But I like the stewardship season. And I like it because it's a celebration. It's a celebration where we renew our dedication to God, where we talk about that which is most important. It's a celebration of all of God's goodness to us. All of the hands and hugs that hold us and support us. The love that buoys us up. The glints of gold, of grace that mark our lives. And it is a celebration of this congregation. Because this congregation is great. Really, honestly, and truly great. Now, you may be thinking that I'm just saying that because I'm the pastor. And, well, of course, I think the church is great. But you may be thinking, yeah, well, what about Riverside Church in Manhattan? where there are so many famous preachers going back to Emerson, Harry Emerson Fosdick and William Sloan Coffin and Jim Forbes, who was in that book of the ten greatest preachers of the English language. Now, that's great. You may think about Peachtree Peach Tree Presbyterian Church, where they have 7,000 members in a Presbyterian church. Or St. Patrick's Cathedral, which is so beautiful, that Gothic sanctuary, the elegance where Pope Francis went. Or you may be thinking about Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church, the largest in the country, where 43,000 people worship every Sunday, not counting the television audience. Wow. So what makes us so great? Jesus is really, really clear about what makes someone great. James and John are vying for power. I mean, this is truly a power grab. They want Jesus to give them and promise them, but for all of the suffering and all of the hard work that they are going through, that they are going to be adequately rewarded. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be adequately compensated for what we do? And we do. But... Getting the most 
or the highest office is not what makes someone great in the kingdom of God. Jesus is really, really clear. That kind of power grab makes the other disciples angry, but not because they're like James and John. How can you think of being great in that way? They're angry at James and John because James and John thought of it before they did. But being great isn't about being vice president or speaker of the house. Being great is to serve the vulnerable and the powerless and the rejected and even the demonized. To see the outcast as a child of God and to serve that one with compassion is being great. That's it. It's not about climbing to the top of success, but reaching down into the pit of despair and failure. It's not about getting to the top, but the willingness to go to the bottom. In August, as Susan indicated, downstairs, our downstairs hallway was filled with baby strollers and kids running around in tennis shoes with those flashing lights. It was swarming with children and mothers coming in because they needed those birth certificates to go and register their children for kindergarten. And because of you, a bunch of children went to school and met their teachers and are getting an education because of you. Harold had never seen a smart trip card. He had been in prison so long that he didn't even know what a smart trip card was until he got a job. And part of getting a job when you're working through TAP is that you get a smart trip card with money to get to that job until you get your first paycheck. And so Harold was given a smart trip card, and they were telling him how it worked, and he was holding it up, just marveling at what this was. And he even took his finger and traced around the edge of it. It was as if you had given Harold a golden ticket. And in a sense, you had. He wasn't going to get paid for two weeks, but there was enough money to get him to that job until he got his first paycheck. A young woman comes bearing scars of domestic violence, and she's getting her life together. There was a homeless man who came who had stayed out last winter on one of those really cold nights when we had wet snow and his tennis shoes got wet. And because of that, he lost part of his feet. But he was there at tap with a walker, getting ready to take those first steps for a job, lined up as happy and grateful and hopeful as could be because he was starting again. There came 
Alicia, euphoric, because she had gotten a job selling food at the Redskins Stadium. She just couldn't believe it. And it was not that much, but it was more than she'd ever had, and it was that first step. There's Daryl from Southeast, who honest and truly began walking across the city at 2 a.m. Because if you don't get here as one of the early people at TAP, you don't get served. And TAP has had to turn away more and more people. And so Daryl started walking at 2 a.m. And it took him three hours to walk here from southeast. So he got here in plenty of time. And he wasn't angry. He was just happy and grateful. Because he was going to get training for a job. Rebecca, our social worker who works down there, her husband had an old briefcase. And, you know, it was worn out and scuffed up, and he was going to, you know, give it away, get rid of it. And so she brought it in and gave it to a man who was going to start a job. And he couldn't believe that he was going to have a briefcase, a winter coat, the toiletries make people think they've won won the lottery. TAP is the first step, and for some people, their last hope. For 35 years, this church has reached out to the most vulnerable, the most powerless, and been Reuben grew up in rural Kenya. Reuben was a school kid when Shikoho first started partnering with CCPC. Shikoho is all the way over, almost on the Ugandan border, where people struggle with AIDS and hunger and malaria and just plain poverty. Now, in Kenya, primary school is provided by the government, but not secondary school. You have to pay to go to secondary school, and Reuben's family couldn't afford to send him to secondary school. But you all, through the years, have provided scholarships, and Reuben got a CCPC scholarship to go to secondary school. And after secondary school, Reuben went on to teacher's college. And today... Reuben teaches at that secondary school. Karen is 16 and lives in Southeast D.C., and she saw her brother shot. She came to CCPC with a group from the Capital Partners in Education. Some of our members volunteer with them, and we support them. They mentor high school students. They pair up high school students and help them graduate and get to college. They're mentors. 
Karen came with a group to help put the t-shirts on the stands when we did the memorial to the lost, the names of people killed in gun violence in our area over the last year, remembering them. And Karen went around with our mentor, and she saw a t-shirt for a baby, and one for an old man, and one for the age of her brother. Everyone was silent. Karen stayed after most of the others left so she could listen to our worship service. As we sang, let there be peace on earth, and prayed for sensible gun control. In the words of a mentor, Chevy Chase Presbyterian Church and Capital Partners reached across the great divide in the city of poverty and violence to show these young people that they are not alone and that other people recognize what they live with on a daily basis. More than that, Chevy Chase was willing to work with these young people and do something about gun violence gave the opportunity for students to feel like they were not helpless or alone, but that people cared about them. And not only that, but they could be a part of making that statement too. Pat trained to be a cook, and he was a cook in the Navy. He worked at GW. When he lost his job, and ended up homeless, and came to Miriam's kitchen for meals and help with his resume, and for the opportunity to do his fingernails with the clippers and the nail brushes and the emery boards that are provided for people at Miriam's kitchen. Because you can't go to a job interview with your, as a cook with your hands looking like you've been on the street. They didn't see Pat for many months until he came back and said, I've got a job and a good place to live. And he wanted everyone at Miriam's Kitchen to know. And I cannot tell you the names of the next people we are preparing to help, but I can tell you that they have experienced some level of violence. They probably won't speak English they most likely will never have been in a church. They'll probably be from Syria and Muslim and fleeing for their lives. And we will help them make a new life for themselves. This congregation has a historic passion for justice. And it's more than a burning in the heart when we look upon poverty and violence and ache for those who suffer, as we all do. But here, we put that burning in the heart, that ache, into compassion and justice, into the sandwich, the scholarship, the check written to vital statistics for $23, to get that birth certificate. It goes in a pill to a baby to get treatment for malaria who would otherwise die. 
It's in the volunteer time and the t-shirts that connect northwest and southeast. The infrastructure of this building that makes it all possible. We truly are a great church. And we say this not to boast or to even feel proud, but because there is an overwhelming gratitude for the astounding privilege that we have here of being called by God to serve the least and those most in need. We have this amazing privilege of glimpsing the kingdom of God here. so hard not to be James and John. Everything in our culture defines that greatness and that success as climbing to the top. It is so hard not to be James and John. We need each other here. We need each other to practice service to remind ourselves where God truly locates meaning and purpose and greatness. We need each other. We need this community of faith. We can only do this together. So as we begin our season of stewardship, we have so much to celebrate. So I say thanks be to God for the privilege to serve. And thanks be to God for this great church. Amen.